Good morning, Middle. Welcome to worship. Please join me in the invitation to worship. Our God is the strength of our life. God is the wind beneath our wings, our fortress, our rock, and our help in times of trouble. We gather to worship the God of our ancestors. We pray to be helped for our journey. Amen. Please be seated. It is time for the blanket to come out. Miss Sarah is helping with me with that. This is the message for all ages, young and young at heart. You're invited to join us right here up on the blanket, my friends. As you're coming, tell me, who knows what month are we celebrating right now? I heard it, Black History Month. Yes, you got it. And we have a very special friend joining us, Miss Geraldine Smith. Can you give her a warm welcome? Miss Geraldine is a really awesome elder in the middle community. Almost every week she comes up to me and says, I just love our young people. She is a wonder. And we are so honored that she is going to share some words this morning with us um, from Dr. Maya Angelou. A pledge to our youth, young women, young men of color, we add our voices to the voices of your ancestors who speak to you over ancient seas and across impossible mountaintops Come up from the gloom of national neglect. You have already been paid for. Come out of the shadow of irrational prejudice. You owe no racial debt to history. The blood of our bodies and the prayers of our souls have bought for you a future free from shame and bright beyond the telling of it. We pledge ourselves and our resources to seek for you clean, and well-furnished schools, safe and non-threatening streets, employment which makes use of your talents that does not degrade your dignity. You are the best that we have. You are all we have. You are what we have become. We pledge you our whole hearts from this day forward. I am Maya Angelou, and I stand by that pledge. I am Geraldine Smith, and I'm grateful to God to be here to read Maya Angelou's poem. Thank you. Amen. Thank you, Miss Geraldine. In an interview speaking about that pledge to our youth, Dr. Maya Angelou said, that while the older people are dealing and doing their best, the youth have to put in their hands too. So we're gonna actually even just do that. You can put your hands in with me. She continued in that interview to say, there is nothing that can't happen when good brains and good hearts work together. And it's never too late for that to happen. So my young friends, are you ready to put in some good brains and some good hearts to work together? 
I'm getting some nods and some yeses. Congregation, can you join us at, with some good brains and some good hearts to work together? Yes. Amen. I even see some hands coming out forward. Let that be our prayer. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Ms. Geraldine. Let's sing some Sia Humba together. beautiful, amazing middle family. How are you doing today? I say, how are you doing? Good, excellent. That's so much better. I'm Jackie Lewis, and if you're here for the very first time, welcome to Middle Church. How many of you, this is your first visit ever? Would you raise your hand? If it's your first visit ever, yay! Where are you from, my sister? From here, El Paso, Texas. Okay, El Paso and here. Thank you so much for coming. Put your hand back up. We're auditioning preachers, so keep your hand, just keep your hand up, sir. Okay, where are you from? Where are you from? Brooklyn, all the way from Brooklyn. Thank you for coming today. Who else is here for the first time? Yes? San Jose, California. Welcome, we're so glad you're here. How about you? North Carolina. North, North Carolina and now here, amen. Anybody else? Yes. Friends. Bienvenue. Thank you for coming. Isaac is back. Ah! Sorry. Not to do that when our young adults come back from faraway lands, make noise about them. And who else? So you two singers are the first time here? Hello, my loves. Thank you. We are auditioning singers, so you can go ahead and sing. It's good to have you. Where are you from? Uh, <laughs> oh, you're interloping from the other churches. I love it. So glad to have you. Hello, everybody online. We're so glad you're here. We give you a blessing and a kiss, and we're jealous that you're in your pajamas. Today at 1.30, there is a conversation about the work we're doing on the border right here in the sanctuary. Please come and be with Amanda and Elaine and Kelly and think about what Middle is doing and what we will keep doing on the border. If you wanted to go to see Choir Boy uh, in the first worship, there were a few tickets left. I don't know, but I would talk to Bertram or check online. Bertram is the handsome guy that prayed earlier. That's Bertram. Get some tickets to go see Choir Boy on February 20. Next Sunday, we conclude our leadership lab Part three, Race Matters, a conversation for leaders. If you missed the first two, it's cool. Just please come and be with us here uh, uh, at 1.30, 1.30 to 4.30. On February 26th, Eve Ensler, who's All Things V-Day, is hosting a gathering here, um, Rage, Resist, and Rise, and it's going to celebrate the work that women are doing around the Globe and our gospel choir will be one of the musicians, so we hope you'll come spend some time with us. Tickets are $10, it's online. And um, two more things, one is that our conference is uh, in motion. April 5 to 7, Revolutionary Love, 
the politics of faith. Uh, Middle's discount is so deep, it's $100 for you versus $399. That's like a deep discount. And that deep discount is going to end at the end of February. So let's register now before there's no seats. Would you do that for me, please? Because I'd really like you to be here. Um, Marianne Williamson is coming. Uh, Raphael Warnick is coming from Ebenezer Baptist Church. Uh, amazing lineup on the website, middlechurch.org. Finally, friends, our longest term member, uh, meaning joined the church when he was a seven-year-old boy, Murray Berenson, uh, passed away this week. Uh, he was an elder in our church. He and Jerese Johnson singularly, I don't know, doubled down to grow our church from a few people to 400 people um, with Gordon's help. So we're gonna celebrate his life on March 3rd. I'm meeting with Sue today to work out details and I'll let you know, but please hold her and his family in your prayers. Everybody take a deep breath. This is one of those prayers where you're gonna to wanna to keep your eyes open. Our beautiful children are gonna help us in a time of prayer.
Stay standing, please, middle family, if you will, and as we continue this beautiful spirit of prayer, as we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. surpasses all our understanding and it is a gift God gives us that we can give to one another. Friends, may the peace of Christ be with you. Oh, my soul's been anchored in the Lord. Oh, my soul's been anchored in the Lord. 
Amen. Amen. Hear now these words from the Gospel of Luke, the sixth chapter, the twenty seventh and twenty eighth verses. But I say to you that listen, Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. A word from God for the people of God. Please pray with me. God, we thank you for your unfailing presence. And even as you lead us to the difficult places, 
those places where we must ponder and consider the nature of our walk in this world and our walk with you. Help us even now to attune our hearts and spirits for what you might say in this moment. Let the words of this, your servant, and the meditations of the hearts of these, your people, be acceptable in your sight. You indeed who are our strength and our redeemer, and let the people of God say amen. amen. If you want even more of a challenge, go back and read the remaining nine verses of this passage. I thought I would do myself a favor, and maybe you one as well, by only trying to light on these first two verses. We'll save another time for considering turning one's cheek and giving one's coat and cloak and all the other things that are a part of this challenging passage. But we're confronted here with two things. We're confronted with the reality that indeed there are, we even hate to say it, there are enemies in the world. But then we're also confronted with our response to those enemies, and that is indeed the power of love. Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. This is difficult stuff. But we can be thankful that in the Greek, as we read in the New Testament, there are several words that speak to the concept of love. Eros, sensual love, erotic love, philia and storge, which are more of a familial, a love that, that represents the, the bonds of, of, of family and friendship. And then there's agape. And we better be thankful this morning for the concept of agape because that helps us a lot to understand the kind of love that we're called to give and the kind of love we're called to, to circulate in even in this context. Because agape is, is transcendent of some of the things that those other types of love might require. Agape love doesn't look for anything in return. And agape love is not even attached to sentimentality. That's helpful because I'm convinced that a lot of times it is easier to love a whole lot of people than to like them. And sometimes I need to understand that as the world swirls around me that I'm not always called to like, but I am called to love. And we're called to love here. We talk about, you just heard Jackie talk about revolutionary love. And we understand the power of love in as much as it has an effect on what we are as a community and how we as a community affect the world. We can always link our love with justice, but we must always link our justice with love. We need to understand that to go out here and, and to do justice in the world solely by way of doing justice without the dimension of love can make us cold and unapproachable. So love and justice really ought to always be in tandem. And I didn't think of that concept 
originally. In fact, Martin Luther King in his sermon, Where Do We Go From Here, his book, Where Do We Go From Here, one of the sermons included says this, power at its best is love implementing the demands of justice. And justice at its best is power correcting everything that stands against love. So we need to understand that if love and justice are linked, then this idea of loving our enemies and, and indeed doing good to those who hate us and blessing those who curse us and praying for those who abuse us is not a sign of weakness at all. But it speaks to the strength of the love that we stand in and the strength of how that love allows us to confront the hate that's in the world. I'm not going to try to be a psychologist or psychiatrist from the pulpit this morning, but I'm amazed <clears throat> that some people who think that they stand in a position of strength feel that the only way to, to, to exhibit that strength is to demean and to debase other people. Isn't it curious that somebody who has the official title commander-in-chief could be so insecure and so timid of nature and character that the only way they seem to be able to exude what they think is a measure of strength is to try to diminish and dehumanize other people. You know what that tells me? You, you don't have to be that old and you don't have to be that educated to realize that if somebody thinks that they are exhibiting strength by tearing someone else down, what they're really doing is trying their best to bring someone else down to that place where they really think that they exist. So, so contrary to being irate, well, no, I can't tell that untruth. It does make me irate. <laughs> but along with being irate, I watch and I marvel. And yes, yes, dare I say it, somewhere even a, a small measure of sympathy takes shape because I think to myself, what got messed up along the way? What got misaligned along the way that, that this person with seemingly the, the world in front of them would operate in such a limited and, and, and tortured way? And, and that's just one example. We just happen to see him all the time on, 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 on the television, but, but there are others in the world who, who represent that same kind of dynamic, some who, whose lives are much closer to us. But the mandate is the same, to come into that circumstance with the power of love, to respond to what we see around us with the power of love. And that's not docile, that's not weak, that's not timid on our part. In fact, it shows a measure of strength. So don't ever let anyone tell you that this idea of love that comes especially out of the context of this Christian faith is something that shows weakness. No, it speaks to strength beyond human measure. Martin King goes on to say this, to return evil for evil only intensifies the existence of hate and evil in the universe. And somewhere along the way of life, somebody 
must have sense enough. Somebody must have morality enough. Somebody must have religion enough to cut off the chain of hate and evil. And this can only be done by meeting hate with love. For you see, in a real sense, if we return hate for hate, violence for violence, and all of that, it just ends up destroying everybody. And nobody wins in the long run. And it is this, and it is the strong person who stands up in the midst of violence and refuses to return it. It is the strong person, not the weak person, who stands up in the midst of hate and returns love. In 1 Corinthians 13, the sixth verse reminds us, it does not, love does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in truth. So this love that we're talking about, this is not simply contemplative. This isn't just something that we can sit around and feel good about. This calls us to action. This calls us to engagement. This calls us to being truth tellers and truth livers in a world where it is essential to live out that truth. Tough love is active love. Truly loving someone means that you are speaking truth into their lives with love. And this means having the tough and awkward conversations in order to grow and develop ourselves and that other person. If we practice this type of love, we keep ourselves and others accountable. So when we're called to love our enemies, we're called to call them to accountability, not that they will respond pleasantly, but we know that we are doing what we're called to do when we call them to truth and even to justice. This love is hard stuff. It's hard to embody, and it leads us to some difficult places. And this faith that we abide by never has promised not to lead us into those difficult places. Never has promised to, to cause us to skirt away from those places where there is tension, where there's inequity, where there's injustice. But we're called to those places with the power of this transformative love. Yeah, tough love. But there's something else about tough love that, that I think is important for us to understand. Not only does it come alongside justice and not only does it compel us to truth-telling, but in that justice and in that truth-telling, tough love disrupts. It pushes against, it works against systems of hatred, fear, and oppression. Now, you know, in the, in the business world now, the word disruption has taken on a whole new, 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 new sense about it and in a whole new meaning. But, but I dare say that in this concept of love that we're talking about, it's all right also to understand the power of disruption in the love that we convey. Because as we confront injustice, as we confront inequality, as we confront hatred, Something's got to change. And I was looking for a suitable illustration, and I came upon the example of fermentation of all things. Think about it. Take an absolutely serviceable jug of grape juice, and you put in it some agent of fermentation, whatever it might be, some yeast or whatever microbes, 
And over the course of time, the chemical breakdown of, of, of the carbohydrates in that grape juice uh, cause uh, the, the microorganisms to, to move and transform and, and, it, and it involves effervescence and the giving off of heat. And after a while, you got a good jug of wine. Now, Jesus kind of accelerated this thing at the wedding of Cana, but the point still stands. The result is, I think, one that most of us would not be disturbed by. But the process is disruptive. I'm sure that if you took a microscope and, and watched the action of fermentation going on, it would not look pleasant. It would not look as if those things were tranquil. So my point is that sometimes that is the kind of disruption that we've got to bring to those places of pain and hurt and hatred in the world. But that disruption is not for the sake of destroying. That disruption is for the sake of transforming into that which represents the realm of God in the world. You can't sit idly by while the world burns and thinks somehow that your love, the potency of your love, is not called to this moment and called to this place. So thank God that agape love is beyond sentiment or even affection. And I trust God because I know that that kind of love, yes, leads me to difficult places. Look at Jesus, the embodiment of this love. And look where it led him to a place, yes, that appeared to be a place of suffering and indeed defeat, a place where it appears that empire won. But I would encourage you to look just a little bit longer and understand that the ultimate lesson in the love that we see embodied in him is not one of defeat in a moment of empire's victory, but one where love endures and overcomes. So I think that speaks to, again, the final reflection that King had in that amazing sermon when he says, now there's a final reason that I think Jesus says love your enemies, and it's this, that love has within it a redemptive power and there's a power there that eventually transforms individuals. That's why Jesus says, love your enemies. Because if you hate your enemies, you have no way to redeem them and transform your enemies. But if you love your enemies, you will discover that at the very root of love is the power of redemption. Now, I know some of you are sitting here right now. You know, you're saying, listen, Rev, you're a nice enough guy. And we appreciate you spending time with us, but... I'm not so sure about that kind of transformation in every circumstance and in every situation. And I'm not either. But you know what? You know what I'm called to do? I'm not called to be accountable, accountable for the transformation that takes place upon the one who sows hatred and discord. What I'm accountable for is to show love in any and every circumstance to show love in the face of that difficulty, to show love in the face of that hatred, and to not lose heart. For if we don't grow weary in well-doing, we will indeed reap. So I'm a believer in the enduring power of love. I'm a believer, yes, that love can transform. Maybe not in the scope of time that I'll witness, but nevertheless, I still trust that my love's not in vain, my sense of love for even those who hate and curse and abuse me is not a wasted measure.
I think about so many stories that I heard growing up from my parents and relatives about growing up as black folk in the South, and then they grew up in the, in the, quote, mild South. They grew up in, largely in Kentucky, not Mississippi, Jackie, where sure enough was rough. But even there, the challenges and the difficulties would make me think, how could you not just give over to hatred? How could you not just give over to retribution? But I was amazed as I listened to these stories that emanated from them about all the... Now, mind you now, they were not naive. They, they were not, 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 not complacent about these difficulties. Oh, no. But they had an understanding that that hate could not define them. That hate could not be what was the measure of their character. So if we love this way that we're called to love, the first thing that it does is it keeps us from being the victims of the hate that we love against. So many of the lives we celebrate this month and beyond simply would not stop showing love. And we're empowered by the love that they gave, the beauty of a Angelou who was born in the throes of a segregated South. We're nurtured to by today because she saw the creativity and power of love far more than she saw the value of reprisal. Nelson Mandela, as he walked out of prison after being in prison for decades, said, as I walked out the door toward the gate that would lead to my freedom, I knew if I didn't leave my bitterness and hatred behind, I'd still be in prison. Hear the theology, if you will, of Fannie Lou Hamer. I feel sorry for anybody that would let hate wrap them up. Ain't no such thing as I can hate anybody and hope to see God's face. You may not know the name Sharon Washington Reicher, but Reicher's mother, Ethel Lee Lance, two cousins and a cherished friend were among the nine people gunned down at the Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston, South Carolina back in 2015. And this is what Sharon Reicher has said, she said, forgiveness, my journey of moving toward total forgiveness has been hard, lonely, and complicated. So maybe that's good news for some of us that this is not easy stuff and it is okay if it is a difficult journey. No one is asking you to be able to love unconditionally, instantly, but we're called to be on the journey toward it because that's how we're able to be the fullness of this measure of community that God calls us to be. So, yes, love must be coupled with justice to truly be powerful in the world. Yes, love at its best is disruptive, and it turns over the tables of those who would do that which is unjust. And yes, love is healing. Because I'm not going to let anybody else's hatred define who I am. I'm not going to let anybody else's oppression tell me that I can't stand against oppression. We sang a beautiful hymn a little earlier this morning that spoke of the love of God, and I think of another one that strikes a familiar chord in my mind and heart. Oh, love that will not let me go. I rest my weary soul in thee. 
I give thee back the life I owe, that in thine ocean depths its flow may richer, fuller be. Oh, yes, there'll be haters, and haters are going to hate. Yes, this season that we're moving through right now, I dare say in some measure, shape, or form, probably maybe to a lesser degree, we hope and pray, but nevertheless, we'll be replaced by another season of challenge and difficulty and discord. There will be those indeed who we have to stand up against. There are going to be those who represent those things that we know are wrong in the world. And the way we respond to that is not by becoming bitter, but by using the power of love that we have, as outrageous as it sounds, as implausible as it is, there's a whole host of witnesses who can tell us, keep on loving. Keep on striving for what's right. I say to you that listen, love your enemies. Do good, ouch, to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. Because you know what I did? I cheated. I flipped to the end of the book. And love wins. Amen. that flipped to the end of the book. Isn't that beautiful? And love wins. Hey, middle family, will you be my Valentine? Yeah. It's not too late for that, is it? Um, I used to hate Valentine's Day. Because I had nobody to cuddle with, people. Valentine's Day can be hard for some people, right? Be honest. But now, cuddle or not, I love it. Because I understand that it's not just about romantic love. It's about all the people in our lives that we love. So will you be my Valentine? All right, excellent. I get to do, ask you to join the movement today and have a few asks to make of you. Um, first of all, we just began our Love Transforms campaign, started on Valentine's Day in earnest, goes all the way to June 30. And so there's got a few components to it. One that's really important is we want to make our $725,000 goal. So I need you to think about what's my part? How can I help? What can I do? What can I do? And inside your pews is a red card, a little red card like this. And if you are already doing something, just tell us. Girl, I'm already making a donation. Just put it here and put it in the, in the green bag when it goes by. Or if you haven't had a chance to think about a donation this year and you want to make one, please let us know what that is. The reason we're asking you to tell us is so we don't have to guess if we're going to make our goal or not. And it also gives us a chance to think about planning for next year. So nod with me if you'll use your red card to write something on here. I'm going to give X, or I'm going to mentor a kid, or I would love to help lead worship, 
or I'd love to sing with Tammy in the, in the middle choir or in the gospel choir. Just what can you do? And somebody say yes, yes Jackie, we'll do that because you're my Valentine, right? The second thing we'd like you to do is to grow up our love muscle in our community. So when we talk about love transforms, there's a way in which knowing each other as a real person, not just air kiss, that's so-and-so I see on Sundays, but deepening the relationship. So like Allie and Jackie would have a one-on-one -on -one in the social hall, and our prompt would be, what's on your heart? So I say, Allie, what's on your heart? And she'd tell me some things that are on her heart, good things. I'm so excited about Betty singing at the conference, or I'm worried about the world. And I tell her what's on my heart. I'm so glad that Isaac is back from Europe, and, and I'm welcoming him home. I'm worried about Trump, because he cray-cray. Okay, so you write that down, and then you just put your name on the heart. Allie plus Jackie, because we had our one-on-one. -on -one. So you pick one up, you go in the back, you do the talk, take your time, and then drop it in the back uh, box that's on the coffee credenza. There's a little shiny pink and red box, okay? Can you do that? That's cool. Talk to somebody you're not married to. Jorge and Maurice might pick some other people, okay? So that's just to deepen our relationships. We're gonna be doing that all the way through March. And the third thing we'd like you to do is to use this beautiful heart up here that says, Love transforms, and to do a little social media, because we think we're hip and cool. So if you will take a 30-second movie with your friend, Madge might turn on her camera on me, and I'd be like, I love when Madge sings at Middle Church, you know? 30 seconds of love, and we're asking you to put those in your media under the hashtag Love Transforms. How easy is that? Easy, right? I don't believe you. Easy, right? So. Natalie's here today, Christina's here today. We can make short movies for you, or you can do this when you get home. Love transforms. Let's get the whole nation talking about how love transforms, because we put this in the media. Can we do that? Yes. And the very last thing I want you to do is if you've been hanging out at Middle Church and thinking, I really love this place, but I don't need to join it, actually, we need you to join. Because joining makes a difference. It says to our collegium, our shared community of churches, Middle people love middle enough to join. So you can keep dating us, or we can just go ahead and get hooked up. So I'm thinking, hook up with me, is my Valentine ask. Just come on, just make it legal, put a ring on it, I don't know, just come on and get connected. It's really easy, you don't have to buy a ring. Just come into the pulpit at the front here, and one of our beautiful staff will help you join, and then you'll find out how easy it is, and we'd love to have you participate. Thank you very much. Just the battle, 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 the batt
Love that will not let us go. You have provided for all our needs. Even in the midst of opposition and challenge, you call us to love. God, use these gifts, our tithes and our talents, and even our lives and our shortcomings, that in some way your love might be transforming and healing and restoring this world for justice. We pray these things, trusting in each of your holy names. Amen.
Thanks be to God for a joyous, wonderful time in worship. Thank you, by the way, for my spiritual home, the Abyssinian Baptist Church, for being in the choir this morning. Amen. Amen. And, and by way of Baptist traditions, one of my favorite hymns as a kid growing up had the lines in it, how wondrous, how marvelous is my Savior's love for me. And maybe the love we've been trying to talk about today is that wondrous and marvelous love that not only can encircle us so we can love each other like we ought to as a community, but also a love that makes its way into the cracks and crevices of the world where that love can break down barriers, can break down walls. So go forth from this place today, yes, loving each other, but loving in those places that aren't so lovable because it's your love that can transform. Go in peace to love and serve God and to love one another. Amen.